Welcome back to another episode of Chandelier Chats. I'm your host, Rochelle Accor. Today we have a returning guest, Miss Kimberly Smith. She is a resiliency coach and founder of Encompass Coaching. And today we are picking that conversation back up about relationships, but this time we are focusing on the most critical part, choosing a partner. So welcome back to the show, Kimberly. How are you doing today? Thank you, Rochelle. I'm doing great today. I'm doing awesome. How about you? <laughs> oh my gosh. I just want it to warm up outside. <laughs> oh, I know. And I just want it to cool down outside. Yeah. <laughs> Can we trade? <laughs> Can we trade a little bit? <laughs> yes. The uh, Texas heat is here to stay for sure. But, um, you know, air conditioning, it's a plus. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you can't live in Texas unless you have air conditioning. Definitely true? not. Yeah. We're teetering on the edge of another, uh, uh, power grid failure. So we're crossing our fingers. Ooh. <laughs> that does not go last time. It was because it was too cold and because we are, you know, pretty much as hot as the sun out there. So yeah. Wow. Love it. Love it. Everything's bigger in Texas, including the temperature gauges. Absolutely. <laughs> I know it. Amazing. Okay. So let's talk about choosing a partner. I love this topic. I love this conversation. And the reason why I love it is because there's a lot of stigma around mm. relationships. People are afraid to either get into a relationship or get out of a relationship. People don't know how to choose a partner. They get into a relationship and they are blinded by love, you know, because they say love is blind, which is very accurate in many, many senses of the phrase. (laughs) And by being blinded by love, you can be blind to the red flags that are being thrown down on the play right in front of your face and waved frantically. So let's talk about that. Let's dive in. Yeah. Well, you know, as you know, Rochelle, you know, I help, you know, busy, ambitious women and humans really in general, uh, who are, are stressed, stressed AF, right. They still want more from their life though. Um, so I help them kind of build that mental stamina, increase their energy and their confidence and so that they can go after what they want. Right. And sometimes that's in the relationship realm. Um, and it can be overwhelming, I think, to choose a partner to really know where to start. Right. I think culture tells us one thing, right. We all have this storybook fairy tale vision of finding our knight in shining armor or our queen so to speak right and we are blinded by that i think we in the beginning right we are we're all in that honeymoon phase when we first start to date somebody and we really start to like them and sometimes i think our desire to find a partner overshadows really our ability to decide if that specific person is the partner that's going to be the best fit for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it it is overwhelming. Um, I think it's great that everybody wants to to partner up, um, but I kind of challenge that sometimes, right? Like I, even though we're built for connection, you know, I think sometimes we feel like we just have to go along with what culture wants, with what our parents or our grandparents want. You know, everybody asks you at the family gatherings, like, are you getting married yet? Like, are you guys engaged yet? Like, when are you going to find a nice girl and settle down? When are you going to find a nice guy and, and settle down? Right. And, you know, I guess just as individuals, we have to ask ourselves, like, do from first and foremost, right. Do we want to be in a marriage? Do we want to be married? Do we want to be in a committed relationship? How do we want our committed, conscious 
loving relationship to look like, right? Because Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to look like what, say, it looked like for our parents or our grandparents, right? Like we are in a completely different world, a completely different modern experience, right? Um, And that impacts our relationships too. Mm -hmm. I find it totally interesting, the dynamics that are happening in a lot of relationships right now. And to your point, a lot of people feel societal, familial, cultural, religious pressure to get married, to get married off. And you're right, things are not the way they used to be. Even 10 years ago, things have changed dramatically. My, my sort of perspective on this is if you are looking to have a partner long-term, whether or not you want to get married, you need to know what you're looking for before you start looking, but you don't necessarily know all of the things that you're going to want in a partner unless you start to date, unless you start to go out there and start meeting people, because you might think that you like, I don't know, uh, what's something you might think that you want someone who watches football all the time until that's all they do is watch football and you get no time with this person. So, you know, be careful what you wish for and think it through, like think long-term, don't just think short-term, what would fill my cup right now? What is going to fill my cup over and over and over again? Is it someone who's stable? Is it someone who is, has a good paying job and is logical in their thinking for when I get irrational about my emotions, because we right. know emotions are illogical <laughs> and irrational. Sounds like no. you're speaking from some experience. Yes, 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 I am. I'm speaking from experience because I'm a woman, right? Like I'm a woman and not to stereotype, but we as women and to function based off of emotion, because that, that is, that is just the way that we are programmed. Like we We've are got a lot more, of hormones coursing through our yeah, veins. <laughs> yeah. And we are, we are highly neurotic about things, which is what makes us such great moms, right? Like we are, we are adamantly searching for danger, whether or not we are conscious of it or not, that is part of being a woman. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is a beautiful gift. Not ba- not bashing that at all. I just think it's really powerful to admit that I could be an emotional chaotic mess sometimes and we all can like I have seen grown-ass women throwing a temper tantrum (laughs) at a restaurant because their food was not right or because their husband said this or because their kid did this and it's like okay this person might need some emotional regulation right and some tools you know (laughs) like I'm not saying conversation right (laughs) like I'm not saying that I'm the type of person that goes to a restaurant and throws a temper tantrum like I'm very mindful of my surroundings but you know what I mean right yeah somebody who balances you out and I think that's where you know before maybe even before you figure out what you want in somebody else you have to really get to know yourself right who are you at the core right Mm -hmm. what are your little idiosyncrasies what are your bugaboos what are your like things what are your quirks what are your quirks right all all the things and you know what do you feel like you do really well where are your areas for growth and improvement right like I think that going into any relationship we've got to be really honest right like I will admit I am terrible at shutting cabinet doors. Like (laughs) that is me. That's obviously where my child gets it from. Um, And it is something that I'm consciously working on. Right. But I too, I can be emotional. um, And I've learned to 
be aware of that, even like set warnings and be like, you know what? And just communicate it. Right. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So knowing ourselves first, who we are, what we're great at, what our opportunities are, maybe what we are looking for in somebody else that maybe could add, like fill in some of the gaps. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes a really great partnership too, is that like, if you're, if you're great at the same things, that's awesome sometimes. Right. But, and maybe some of that will work. But I also think that if there's some diversity in there, then you can really be supportive to that other person in a really unique way, right? That's going to help bond you, right? And um, and that's a beautiful thing for sure. I feel like there has to be some sort of friction in a relationship in order to spark growth. It's just like building a fire. You need a flint and something to strike it on in order to set something ablaze. And I feel like you want to have enough similarities that you have something in common, but you want to have enough differences that you have grounds for other things to be communicated about. And I feel like relationships are a beautiful display of getting us to the place where we can sort of see what our weak points are, what the strengths of our partners are and how they can teach us and we can teach them because we are going to have strengths that our partner is not going to have. They're going to have strengths that maybe we don't have. And instead of seeing them as a, as an opponent or as an opposition, you can see it as an opportunity to connect more deeply with yourself and with that person and be like, Hey, you know what? I noticed that you're like, you have a really easy time thinking about this situation logically. And I have a really difficult time not coming from it in an emotional place. So, you know, what is something that you find helpful or what is it, what do you think would be useful for me to sort of like approach this from a more logical standpoint rather than getting emotional about it? And, you know, I can say from my own experience with my partner, like same thing like you, I I have little warnings. Like (laughs) if I notice that my attitude is kind of doing a little, you know, U-turn about something, I'm like, whoa. And my husband will say to me, hey, what is that about? And he will, he'll call me out on it. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know? And then I check in with myself and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling this about this. And this bothered me this morning. And I'm, it's still bothering me. And he's like, okay, so that's not about this. It's about that. Yes. It's about that. Okay. Let's deal with that. So we can deal with this. And then we go through. And that is like, I've never had a partner. A call me out on my shit (laughs) and, and have the courage and the balls to call me out on my shit. Like my husband is he's the best. I love him so much. Um, and, and B like approach me about it in a way that didn't make me feel like I was inferior, but rather like an, an equal where he's like, Hey, I noticed that this is happening. Like, let's have a conversation about it. And I do the exact same thing with him. Like if I'm, if I'm getting tooed from him, I'm like, Hey, what is that about? Oh, I had a bad day. Well, let's talk about it. Well, I don't want to talk about it then drop the attitude and let's move on. <laughs> like, Let's yeah. go. Relationships are a container for growth. They oh, are yeah. absolutely, absolutely a container for growth and uh, personally, and also, you know, as a couple, right? Because mm-hmm. you hold up the mirror to the other person. I think being able to also infuse some humor into some of those like moments yes. where maybe we're feeling emotional or feeling irrational, right? And, you know, 
hold that mirror up so that you can say, all right, this is what's happening and this is how I'm receiving it. Right. So let's, let's find out what the root cause is and, and do it yeah. together. Right. Yep. And I'm with you there. You know, the relationship that I'm in right now is very different from how my marriage was right. Like in my marriage, I did not feel like I was heard. I mm-hmm. felt like we didn't, we, we didn't know how to communicate and tackle and talk about some of these little, even little irritations, right? Because that's just, it. I think we all often expect that like the perfect partnership means that like, we're never going to annoy the F out of each other, right? Like, <laughs> that's a load. <laughs> that, that's a load for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I, 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 so realistically, yeah, we're going to get on each other's nerves, but can we like, instead of like pushing it under the rug or under the bed and packing it away and building the resentment, can mm-hmm. we just pull the sheet off of it and talk about it? Right. Yeah. And you know, the, uh, my partner right now is also very similar to your husband where he, you know, will be like, he can tell when my mood's off my facial expressions, like my body language, like my energy, right? Like, I feel like we can all tell that about, you know, our partners or just mm-hmm. people in general, like, uh, I'm getting a little bit of a vibe here, which yeah. is not cool. Yeah. Um, what are you so, giving me the stink eye for? <laughs> yeah. And he's always like, do you want to talk about it? And sometimes I don't, right? I think sometimes, yeah. and in a relationship, I think that's a, there. That's also a great skill to hone is number one, communication, right? Because you have to be able to talk about any and everything, the hard stuff, your feelings, when somebody hurts you, when you feel a slightly betrayed or left out, like all the things. Um, and then also know when to get on it and tackle that, right? And have that conversation. And then also know when maybe you need some space, right? Like mm-hmm. taking space is such a therapeutic thing sometimes. And it allows you to get your thoughts together. It allows you to reflect on what your internal experience is first so that you don't spew out a bunch of nonsense to that other person, right? Um, yeah irrational illogical yeah yeah (laughs) you don't you don't need to emotionally vomit on the person that's asking you what's going on yeah or be an emotional terrorist you know yeah yeah, somebody comes in is like I we want to we got to talk about this right now Mm -hmm. and no you can't you know like you don't get to like I don't think that that's uh creating a fair or safe secure space when people demand make those types of demands of other people. I feel like that communication needs to be set up in a very mutual way, right? Where both parties are really ready to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I think, I think being able to openly confront issues as they arise, rather than letting them fester, like you said, and letting the resentment build and the bitterness build. I feel like that is a foundational tool for, people just in general, when you're communicating with your family, your friends, and your loved ones, your partner, you need to be able to say, Hey, you know what? You made this comment. This is what I heard. This is what it made me feel and think. And I would like to work through that. I would like to unpack this, like, and asking the question, like, do you have space to talk about this? Yeah. Because you might want to talk about it like right now, but the person might, you know, maybe their grandma just died or something. I don't know. Like you exactly. gotta be mindful of that stuff. It's not everything that has to be dealt with in this moment, in this instance, it's okay to walk away. And I do that sometimes. Like if I'm being a hothead about something and like, if I'm mad about whatever just happened and I say to my husband, I'm like, okay, I just need a minute. 
to just like <laughs> just go stand in the corner I'm take and the hot five I'm gonna take yeah I'm like I'm gonna go stand in the corner I'm gonna go water my plants and I'm just gonna like figure out why I'm so stinking mad about nothing and right. then then we can have a conversation and he he's so graceful with me he's like sure yeah whatever you know yeah. like it doesn't affect him he's like all right you know okay she's she's got a steaming pile of something going on over there so whatever and knowing that your partner cares enough to recognize that and give you that space and you having the courage and the empowerment to damn well ask for that space priceless yeah. priceless absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. It is. It's a beautiful thing. And it doesn't, you, you know, we're not going to get it perfect every single time too. Right. So I think forgiveness, right. Is oh, such yeah. a crucial element of like, you know, Number one. We have, yeah, we have to allow that space for people to mess up sometimes. Right. And we can't dangle it over their head. I mean, especially because, I mean, I, I was in a marriage where when things got hot, like, like really heavy, that divorce word would come out. Right. And it was like, well, fine, let's just get a divorce then. Like, well, that's yeah. not the answer to all of our problems here. I mean, it actually was <laughs> the answer yeah. in the long, in the long run, yeah, in the long run, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't a fair tactic. It's not a good strategy when you're having these tough conversations. Right. And then after the fact too, you know, like, I think sometimes if those issues were not completely resolved, we still have like knowing whether, okay, did we clear that completely or is there still some residual resentment there, right? Mm -hmm. Is that going to bother me? Is that going to cause me to see my partner in a different way, right? Like, because mm -hmm. the more and more resentment that builds, we tend to like villainize our partners, totally. right? Like, totally. like, well, they don't care about me and they're yeah. insensitive and they're this and what it's like, well, you know, maybe they just had a bad day, right? Like, yeah. so is that issue completely cleared? Did you guys forgive? Have we forgiven each other? Mm -hmm. Are we in a space where we can move on from this and we've learned from it, right? We've got some tools or strategies or ways to process something similar if it arises in the future, which mm -hmm. it very well may could. Mm -hmm. I think a really important piece to note too is if you point your finger at someone, and I, I invite all of our listeners to do this right now. Point your finger at the wall or something. Notice how many <laughs> fingers are pointing back at you. Yeah. So like when you're pointing that loaded finger gun at someone, you have three fingers pointing back at you. Again, to reiterate what Kimberly said, we are holding up the mirror for one another. And those places inside of you that get tender or that you feel are uh, vulnerable to emotional outbursts and things like that. Those are all opportunities for you to look inward and go, why does this bother me so much? So I'll give you an example. Yeah. Putting humor into things is such, it's so helpful. So yes. my husband often teases me because um, I come from a very long line of Germans and German people don't really understand sarcasm. We dish it out, but we don't really understand <laughs> it. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's been a process learning and sometimes I'll be completely irrational about something because I don't understand. And instead of expressing what I don't understand, I'll just start asking questions. And I literally come at him like an automatic Beretta, like, what does this do? And I don't understand this. And I can't figure this out. And he's <laughs> like, he'll just look at me and he'll be like, well, what does it do? How do I figure it out? And he'll start asking yeah. questions back. And then I start laughing and he's like, do you, 
you see how ridiculous this is? Like, it's literally one plus one equals two. Like what's there to get about this? And, you know, for us, it's, it's, that's a bit of a gap for us because he's so logic based and I am so illogically based. I can put things together that he would never even be able to fathom going together. I can just see how they go together in my mind, which is what makes me a great artist. But for him, he's like, no, like structurally, I don't know how that's going to work. And he has to do the math and he has to calculate the angles and the degree in this. And I'm like, just an overload. Like what you just put this together like this, you know, it's like, and, and having that open dialogue and then having the humor come into it totally takes any animosity out of it. There's nothing to get upset about. Sometimes I'm a little tender about it. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't think that's funny. And, you know, <laughs> right? and, then, and then he'll laugh at me and he'll be like, yeah, it's because you're German, you know, <laughs> and then we carry on. And I think, you know, within conflict, the, the topics too, of like, just owning our, our responsibility, right? Like owning it when we've done something wrong. Yeah. You no, know, I think when we're emotional or irrational, and, you know, illogical, right? We, we often want to, and we're feeling bad, right? Like we, we're encountering these internal feelings. They don't make us feel good. We mm-hmm. may not be able to even understand exactly what they are. So we want to blame the other person, right? We of want course. to put it off of, deflect <laughs> off of us and onto them. Yep. And, you know, that's, that's not necessarily helpful either, right? Like we have to be able to look at these conflicts. Okay where could I have done better? And maybe where could you have done better, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. sometimes it's literally all on me. Maybe sometimes it's all going to be on you and you need to own that. Maybe sometimes it's, it's both of us who are contributing Mm -hmm. and pouring gas Mm -hmm. on the fire, right? (laughs) Um, But blame people, then we're also, there's also shame mixed in, right? And that is just so, I think that's a dangerous place to be, right? Because if we're blaming and shaming our partners and making them feel like absolute garbage, that is not, that is not a safe place. That is not a secure place. That is not some place that we want to stay or invest in. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's really what it takes for longevity, right? Like we're not going to get it perfect every time, but we have to be able to course correct. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to try. And like you said, you have to be willing to look at what your contribution was. Yeah. Humility. Yeah. Like be humble about it because you're not all innocent all the time. Like, no, we're not perfect. No, like, (laughs) nobody is. (laughs) right. And nor do I run around trying to be like, I am very transparent about the fact that sometimes I get emotional about things. Sometimes I get upset about things, but it's usually because something is coming up for me to look at something is coming up for me that's bothering me and I don't quite recognize it at the time but it just takes that moment of friction and all of a sudden I'm like whoa this reminds me of this time when my mom said this to me and made me feel like this and like I can't believe that this is coming up right now yes exactly and people are so afraid and uncomfortable they hear the word trigger and they're like I'm not triggered and it's like I beg to you are. Right? Would you like me to choose a different word to explain where you're at right now? Because you're kind of in that place. But it's important to recognize being triggered isn't a bad thing. Being triggered is a it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. It's can you speak a little more about that? Yeah, you know, and 
I mean, I get triggered all the time, you know, and I, I'm thinking of that meme where it's like, I want to thank everybody who triggered me and everything, because it's like, it is really the key to so much of our growth, you know, oh, yeah. our, our awareness, our growth, our development, moving forward and really becoming the fullest expressions of ourselves, becoming our most resilient selves, right? So that we do feel like, you know what, whatever comes at me, whatever life throws at me, I know that I'm going to be able to handle it no matter mm -hmm. what, right? Mm -hmm. I've got the skills. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and I think you made a good point that it, our partners may trigger us, our family may trigger us, our colleagues may trigger us, right? And maybe they're triggering us about something that actually isn't even pertaining to them, but it mm -hmm. brings up something from our childhood or a traumatic experience or the way, yeah, we were kind of shamed or blamed as children for things or not loved the way that we really wish we could have been loved and accepted by maybe, you know, our parents or our siblings or whatever it is. Uh, and, you know, those are areas to really stay curious about. And, you know, I think that again, taking some time, some time to really reflect, okay, why am I feeling this way? What is this bringing up for me? What is it reminding me of, right? Is this even having to do with this person, right? I think introspection, right? Awareness and introspection are key, right? For mm -hmm. being able to communicate in an effective way, to be able to have, to collaborate and to forgive and to allow people grace, right? Mm -hmm. um, and compassion, right? You know, just like, yeah being able to see our triggers through the lens of compassion, not just for ourselves, but also viewing our partners with compassion, right? That maybe they, that maybe we triggered them or maybe something that we do, you know, really doesn't bring out the best in them. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. How can we see them as just a human trying their best who also has, has wounds? Yeah. And instead of spending that time cutting your partner down or cutting yourself down, pause and look at what's going on. Look at what is actually going on. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I just say too that I, in my divorce, when I decided to move forward with the divorce, viewing my ex-husband through that lens of compassion has been crucial to us having a really positive co-parenting relationship post-divorce, right? Um, not saying that every marriage is like ours, right? I know that there's always a lot of emotion, but I think sometimes we do get carried away by those emotions and we trap ourselves in that negative space when really we should be thinking of the future and maybe what's on the other side of some of the hurt and the pain that we're encountering, right? Um and also just that, like me and my husband were pretty young when we got married and we didn't know ourselves completely. Therefore, we didn't really know what we wanted in a partnership. Um, and that's not his fault. And that's not my fault. It just is right. It's not good or bad or anything. So, you know, con I continue to see him as, you know, somebody who's, you know, navigating life in a little bit of a different way than I am, but you know, that's not a bad thing. And I think it just really reiterates the point of when you're choosing your partner to be mindful of what it is that you are looking for in a partner. And I think there's so much push right now for people to rush into things. Like you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, you were like, people 
meet this person and they just so desperately want this person to be the person that they will see that person only through that lens. They will not see the person for who they actually are. And it usually ends up turning itself upside down. The person gets hurt. And then that person, you know, that you were viewing through that lens, you look at them and you're like, you're not who I thought you were. Duh. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like I hate to be, you know, the bearer of bad news, but you only saw that person through that lens. And from my own experience, I viewed a lot of people from that lens. Yeah. Or, or through the lens of like somebody's potential, right? Like I think a lot of people yeah. think, wow. Yeah. And, and I think I did that. I think I was guilty of that. Right. Because we were so young. I was like, well, he'll mature, you know, yeah, he'll grow just out tweak of that. This, fix that. Mm, you know, <laughs> if you want your partner to change before they're even your partner, they're not your partner. Right. And I mean, so much of who we are, I think is formed by a certain age, right? They say like so much of our personality is formed by the age of eight. I think I've heard that. Right. And, you know, and who's to say, but yeah, habits and, and the way we grew up that molded us. Right. And if the way you grew up is so vastly different from somebody and you know, that they're really not you know, they're kind of stuck in that, you know, I mean, you can, I don't think you can really expect people to change, you know, certainly not without talking about it and not without saying like, Hey, like this kind of bugs me. Do you think that's ever something that you might grow out of or want to improve? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's bold, but I mean, at least you're bringing it to the forefront, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're not letting it sit there and rot and fester. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely no bueno for sure. Yeah, no bueno. (laughs) (laughs) It's so wonderful to have open dialogues with your partner. Once you get over that initial awkwardness of sharing what it is that you're feeling and doing it from a place of love and doing it from a place of compassion for the fact that there is another side to the story, that the story is not all about you it changes the way you communicate and it deepens and strengthens your relationship in a way that I can hardly express into words. Like I, like I said, I have never met a man who has been willing to call me out the way my husband does. And he does it in such a loving way that even if it was something, you know, very tender for me, Mm -hmm. the way he goes about it is like, he loves me enough to tell me, Hey, you've been doing this thing. And I, you know, like it kind of makes me concerned or it kind of bugs me a little bit. Like, is this something we can talk about? And the way he approaches me from that non-confrontational, this is for our best interest, not just for my best interest, but for your best interest and our best interest. This is going to bring our, you know, our couple bubble even more together and make it even more resilient, which is the whole foundation of your coaching. Absolutely. Um, why not? Why not take a risk and have that conversation? Why not open up the dialogue and open up the communication lines? A lot of people get divorced or they break up because, oh, I just can't talk to them. Well, why are you dating them? If you can't talk to them other than, you know, between the sheets, like you guys have nothing in common. Like you need to know that person. You need to know who you're dealing with. And, and it's definitely hard. It's, it's hard to find the words sometimes. And, And that's something that I've worked on with, you know, several clients is, you know, how can you, 
yourself for that tough conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different strategies, right? And that, you know, once you're prepared, then you can feel really confident going in. You know that you're going to be able to, you know, really tackle everything, everything that you want to talk about. And then you feel like your needs are met, right? Like that's yeah. one of the beautiful results out of like very conscious, intentional communication, mm-hmm. right? From that place of compassion is that you feel better afterwards, right? Like that is the cause of so much unnecessary stress and overwhelm and anxiety is that we hold all of this in, right? Mm-hmm. And if we if we exercise, you know, finding our voice and using our voice, then we can actually be heard. We can't be heard if we don't say anything, right? Like people aren't mind readers. Um, my mom told me that and it, it is held true that men are not yeah. mind readers. No. Women are not mind readers. Like- <laughs> Yeah, we are not mind readers. Body language, maybe, and knowing something's up, but we don't know exactly what's bothering somebody unless they tell us, right? So yeah, and just also being a good listener because when your partner comes to you and they have something that they need to talk to you about, you know, knowing that, gosh, those those conversations take courage, right? So letting them have that space to say everything that they need to say without cutting them off or jumping down their throat or making assumptions, right? Um, Everybody deserves to be heard. Mm -hmm. I love that you also included in there, don't make assumptions. Just because your partner is sharing something about what's bothering them doesn't mean that they're trying to cut you up and say that you're you're the reason for this problem. Maybe in some instances you are. Maybe you're right. amplifying the problem for them. <laughs> I don't know. But nine times out of 10, don't make it about yourself. Like make it about the other person. And if you're not sure, have the courage to ask, well, I'm curious and come from a place of curiosity. I'm curious. Why does this bother you? I'm curious. What about this is bringing this up for you? Like, what is this doing? Like what is happening inside while you're experiencing this? You know, what is it creating for you? How is it making you perceive things? I often say that our perception is our deception because what we perceive and what we believe to be around us can be deceptive. If we're constantly looking through the lens of our own trauma, if we're constantly looking through the lens of past hurts and emotions, we're not going to see things clearly. We're only going to see things from really dirty glasses and you're going to probably, you're going to probably miss the, the most important target. And things don't always come out the prettiest, right? Like I think sometimes when somebody's talking to us about whatever that's, you know, on their heart and mind that maybe we're a part of or wrapped up into, right? We immediately want to defend ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're still trying to find their footing with their wording it and, you know, it might come out a little messy, right? So Mm -hmm. that's where we got to have some allowance for grace, right? And let them get everything out and then stay curious, right? Ask those probing questions so that maybe they can refine what they were saying, or maybe they can clarify, right? So that, yeah, you're not making assumptions and you're not, you know, letting that conversation escalate unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you're noticing, if you are in a situation where your partner comes to talk to you about something and you notice that it's like triggering something in you, how do you handle that? What, what are your action steps? Let's hear. Um, I always like to take time, honestly. Um, I, I take time to really think about how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling those things. I, I take notes, you know, like I will write things down. 
um, Mm -hmm. about why I'm feeling this way. And yeah. And, and, and just sharing it. Sometimes I think even if there's nothing to resolve, maybe sometimes there's not even a problem that needs fixing, or you're not trying to like change a behavior, so to speak, you can, it's just very simple as to say like, you know what, the way you did that kind of hurt my feelings and Mm -hmm. that didn't make me feel great. You know, like, and, and I want you to know that so that, because I know that I can be oversensitive, but you know, just so you're aware for, for the future, right. You Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's gentle. Not everything has to be like this big, long out, long drawn out, like, you know, conversation, right. Sometimes it's just a pause and you know what, that doesn't make me feel very good. And a lot, most times I think people don't even realize it when they have triggered you or, you know, made you feel like hurt your feelings in some way, shape or form. Right. Um, I think also sharing why something was triggering. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had to do that quite often or not quite often, but you know, several times, right. In this new relationship of mine, as it brings up things that were painful or hurtful from my marriage, I will share with him that, you know what, that, that reminds me of when I was married and these were the elements, this was the dynamic. And I want to make sure that that's not what's happening here. Right. Mm. Um, and I want you to know that that is a soft spot for me. That's a wound. Right. Um, and this is how I would like to handle it. This is how I feel about it. What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. You know, not just talking at people, but giving people the opportunity to respond again, like it's a collaboration. You're in this together. It's just not one person dictating and making all the rules. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, preparing sometimes is a strategy and just staying focused on communicating in a loving, respectful, compassionate way, which honors both of us. Mm -hmm. I think the most difficult part, especially for us women is to keep our emotions out of it. You'd be surprised. I think my my partner right now is kind of emotional. <laughs> uh, and he's he's Moroccan, so he always like kind of blames it on his like spicy Moroccan roots, right? And that's yeah. where we kind of infuse that humor, right? And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, we can, I think women can definitely be super sensitive. And I've learned like, you know, just going by my cycle that there's, you know, week three, whew. Mm-hmm watch yep. out. Yep. <laughs> Take space, everyone. Take space. Red lightly. Let's yeah. just say that. <laughs> yeah. You got to up your date game and you really got to bring it. Yeah. <laughs> bring the sweetness. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the date game. Okay. Oh, yeah. Number, this has got to be like in the top 10 reasons I feel why relationships don't work because people stop dating. They stop oh, pursuing yeah. one another. You you have to keep dating. Yeah. I've, I've told my, my partner now, and it's been, you know, it's been a weird year, right? Like we've been in lockdown. We haven't been able to do anything. Right. But now as you know, I'm in Texas. So where we are is very open now. Um, you know, masks are coming off all the things and, you know, I've kind of said, I'm like, you know, I am kind of over so many nights in and just kind of watching documentary. I love me some document documentaries, but I'm over it. Like we need to get back out there and have some new adventures. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And that's for sure, I think, a great bonding opportunity for, for all couples, right? Like you do it in the beginning to get to know each other. Why drop that fun? Well, that's my favorite part. Yeah. I mean, like legit. It's so legit what are some, my favorite what are some dates that you like want that you want to go on with your husband? Uh, well, actually, my husband is taking me on a date this Friday. Ooh, yeah. Because patios are open here. Yes. Finally. Yes. So, you know, we can go sit outside and have a little sip on something and have some, you know, little appies or something. But like my ideal date is literally anything with him. Like we can go to a driving range and whack a bucket of balls for two hours. And I would love that. And then we go for ice cream or we go for coffee and a drive or we love it. load up our dogs and we go for a walk in the forest or whatever, like yes. just spending time with him where we can connect or we can be quiet or whatever. Like we're just doing something together that both brings us love and joy and peace at the same time. And also, you know, anything in nature is usually... Well, and that's the thing about dating, Rochelle, too, is that like, I think a lot of people think like we, well, wrapped up into our personal lives, right? Our daily, our day-to-day and then our careers. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's so much work, right? Oh, it's not. Cook it's, dinner and together. It, and it's not, right? right? And and even the most simple free dates, right, can be so impactful can be so good for your connection and keeping that alive. Um, yeah, I'm all about it. Like I want to, and, and I want to continue to explore the world, right. With that person. Yeah. Um, that's the beauty of it. It's like, yeah, let's keep, let's do some new challenges. Let's go indoor rock climbing, you know, let's go ax throwing, let's go hiking. Oh, let's I love go. ax throwing. I actually yeah. took my husband for his birthday. We went ax throwing. He. Nice. He, I think he had never been or something like that. And I was like, oh, we need to do this. He was so excited because he thought we were at the shooting range. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. No, it's just throwing axes. But, you know, <laughs> next time I'll know. And, you know, that's something we like to do. We love to shoot guns yeah. together. We, For sure. Something super simple that's free other than the purchase of the book, reading a book together. Yes, we recently did this and um, we we haven't read a, like we listened to one on audible. Right. Um, and that was just as relaxing. Cause it's like, we could both just chill, like enjoy coffee and, or like, you know, snack, whatever. And just, or on a long drive. Right. We actually started it while we were driving out to, um, Austin and yeah, that's, that's for sure. But I have done the reading back and forth actually did that in my marriage. And that was like a happy time. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. We read the hunger games together, like, oh, cute. And, <laughs> which like, doesn't the world feel kind of like that right now? Oh yeah. A little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that is so, so cool. Right. Or reading poetry, like every, I know it seems like super like uber romantic, but, um, you know, just like normal poetry, or I have a like, book that I do in my morning, uh, routine and, I always not, I don't just read it to myself, but I'll read it with him and like include him in that. Um, and even just those small moments are like little mini dates, right? Like sprinkled throughout the day or the week. Yeah. And doing things that make your partner feel loved and appreciated. Mm -hmm. So my husband is like, he's like very simple in the sense that like, he doesn't need a lot, nor does he ask for a lot. So because he doesn't ask for it, I like to go above and beyond for him to just show him how much I appreciate everything he does for me. So to me, that looks like 
And this may be really old fashioned, but I love knowing that when he leaves for work in the morning, in the morning, that his lunch is full, Mm -hmm. that he does not have to stop for anything, you know, except for maybe, you know, a little coffee here and there or something like that or whatever. But like, I like to make sure that he's eating well. I prepare all of his meals. I prepare them with love. When he's coming home at the end of the day, I check in, like, do you want to work out first? Or do you want to eat dinner first? Like, tell me what you want to do. And like, I get it ready for him. And I'm very, yeah, like I'm very accommodating with him and something that I love to do together. And we don't do it very often, but like an at-home date is when we cook dinner together. Yeah. There's just like something about seeing him, you know, like preparing (laughs) vegetables or whatever, because it's usually me. And like, I love doing that because it's something that I love to do for him and it's good for myself. But there's just something about like connecting in that place because it's not familiar territory for him per se, yeah. because he's so used to me, you know, gourmet chef yeah. here, like cooking for him all the time, but it's so much fun. And it's just another way that we can connect. Another thing I love to do is like randomly throughout the week, I'll just send him a message, just reminding him of, you know, like two or three things that I absolutely love and appreciate about him. Oh, yes. You know, yes. like just a message, like I appreciate so much how you, I don't know, you constantly are checking in to see if I need anything. You fed the dogs yesterday so I could, you know, spend a little extra time in my editing studio and, mm-hmm. and you, you gave me, you know, an extra kiss goodnight or something like that. Like just the little things that mean so much to me and just expressing my gratitude to him yes. totally changes the dynamic of our relationship and it boosts him for the day. Like he'll come home and he'll be like, thank you so much for sending me that sweet message this morning. Like it totally made my day. Yeah. You know, and I don't expect a response from him. I just want him to know that I sent it without expectation, but I just want him to know how much I love and appreciate all of the things that he does for me because he does so much for me. Like I told the man, I was like, I want chickens. He was like, okay. I'm like, I like legit. Like I want chickens. We're going to, we're going to have eggs. And you know what he did? Okay. So we're building a chicken coop. I'm like, yeah, we're building a chicken coop. Right. And we worked on that together. We've spent the last two weekends working on it. Now we just have to roll it out to where it's going. We have to, you know, put the finishings on it and we get our little baby chicks next week. Oh my gosh. How amazing. Yes. Like those DIY projects are amazing. Right. So fun. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes we think about like, you know, sometimes we do need to divide and conquer, right. In our relationships, right. Yeah. Like you do this, I'll do that. Right. Um, but <laughs> yeah, when you can come together, when you can come together and do something fun like that, that's going to contribute to your life and you guys can have fun while doing it. Yeah, um, absolutely. For right? sure. And I'm like, we're preparing to be chicken parents. I love so. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. We're going to have six little baby peep peeps. They're going to be day old when they arrive. So that will be the sound they make is peep, peep, peep. So I'm so excited. I will be posting photos. Yes. I can't, I was just going to say, I can't wait to see some photos. You're going to have to post all about it, all about this motherhood journey. (laughs) Right. Right. Until I can have my own babies. I will have baby chickens. (laughs) So good. So good. Oh my gosh, Kimberly, this has been such a beautiful conversation. Do you have any final words of wisdom that you want to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, just, you know, remember to give love 
wherever you can, wherever possible, right? You know, sometimes I think that's why I work with my clients to reduce their stress and overwhelm because when we're lost in that cloud of stress and confusion, we let some of these just everyday little simple acts of kindness and love like fall through the cracks, right? And then, you know, it can really sneak up on us. You know, our relationships are important. You know, we, our partnerships are important, right? So they deserve just as much time and love and attention as our careers or other parts of our life do. So um, yeah, maybe just challenge yourself and, and, Stay curious about, okay, what's the current state of my relationship? You know, where can I give a little extra love? Yeah. Love it. I would also love to add, spend a little less time on social media and a little more face-to-face. For real. Less television, less social media. Yeah. Less screen talking. Yeah. Yep. Even if you spend five minutes looking into your partner's eyes, totally changes things and more sex you know that's never about yeah yeah that's never a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) yes love it oh my gosh okay Kimberly tell people how they can reach out to you how can they connect with the resiliency coach yes of course so you can find me at my website www.encompasscoachingservices.com that's encompass e-n-c-o-m-p-a-s-s coachingservices.com. There's a great freebie on there. It's a free ebook, The Gift of Calm. So if you're stressed and overwhelmed AF, then you definitely want to grab that. Um, Also follow me on the gram. I do a lot of things on there and my handle is at Kimberly.Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E dot Smith. So yeah, looking forward to connecting. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for rejoining me today. My pleasure. Anytime. I look forward to next time, Kimberly. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. 